0: Hello and welcome to Lifeline Church. My name is Richard and I'm going to be leading you through today's meeting. Special welcome for people visiting us for the first time or if you're visiting us internationally. And a special welcome to a special couple. Today, David and Margaret Ackerman are celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary. Congratulations to you guys. So happy Easter to everybody out there. Now we say this to each other but sometimes it's really good to just stop and think about what that actually means so i've got a bible first which really summarizes it so it's 1 corinthians 15 3 christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures so basically jesus died and he rose three days later but that's still really quite cryptic so what's it all about it's about the fact that god is interested in us he wants a relationship with us it says in the bible that he used to walk through the garden with adam a lot like many of us have been walking through goodman's park together over the last few months but we decided that we wanted something else we turned our backs on god and sin entered sin is anything that separates us from god and our relationship and the thing is that sin needs to be atoned for it needs to be paid for and that's where jesus came in god wanted to stay in relationship with us. He wanted to be able to walk in the garden like he did before. So he sent Jesus who died for us. Like it said in that scripture, he died for us and he atoned, he paid for our sins. In doing that, he created a way for us to come back to relationship with God. But he didn't stop there. Like it says, on the third day, he rose again. So what's the point in that? Actually, he managed to beat the power of sin. He managed to beat death sin's number one strength. And in doing that, he took his place as king. And we have, we have an option, an opportunity to submit to that kingship and enter into the full reality that he has for us. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a, some time to worship God and enter into that reality. If you have any words or anything, make sure you send them to me on the Castle Point chat.
1: Some, somehow, happy easter doesn't really get it it's wow it's triumphant it's it's the most significant event in the whole world through the whole of history and happy doesn't quite seem to do it anyway um, we we celebrate it and it's great to celebrate at this time obviously we celebrate on a daily basis what I want to do and I'm really um, looking for you to uh, listen. I know some people struggle uh, to kind of give us this few minutes attention. I know for younger people sometimes it's more difficult, Uh, but what I'm gonna do, and this is why I'm so keen on you listening in, I'm gonna give a little bit of an explanation what this was about, and then give an opportunity not to get the information, but to actually have what is the experience that we can enter into. And I mean, this beats every explanation that anybody could give. It's good to understand, but it's greater to experience. And so before we finish today, there will be that opportunity. And so I want you to really try and listen in. You know, young people, older people, whoever. uh, For the next few minutes, see if you can get hold of this, because it will help you, and it could actually be life-changing. Why is it so important that Jesus rose from the grave? The resurrection confirmed that Jesus had defeated his enemies. The cross represented forgiveness of sin. Resurrection... Went a step beyond that. The ability to give a new life. And that's the experience that we want to come to. Death is not the end. We're terrified of death. Try to defeat death. Try to distract ourselves of death. And and I'm not just talking physical death. I'm talking about that thing which is in us. That fear of, of an unfulfilled life. A desire to find satisfaction and enjoyment something that we often end up seeking in all sorts of places new life this new life that he gives this experience means we can live from a different source it doesn't depend on our ability it's no longer i that live but christ that lives in me now we talk about him triumphing over his foes I want to just take a few minutes just to explain what are these foes, what are these things that he triumphed over? First of all, sin. The Bible tells us for what the law was powerless to do, and we can express the law in terms of the laws of the Bible or the laws that, uh, uh, of, that try to help us to be good and decent. But it couldn't change the inside. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh so that he could be a a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. That was the first of his foes. The next one is death. But now has been revealed by the appearing of our Saviour Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. He conquered death. Not just the physical death, but the death of our life, the inability to live from a totally different source. And then, possibly even more important, he conquered the foe of separation from God. You see, he didn't condemn us because he took the condemnation on himself. Some of you might remember the story of the woman that was brought to Jesus who was taken in adultery. And they wanted, uh, he asked the question, where where are your accusers? Where are your condemners? Well, they, they seem to have melted away a little bit. But he says, neither do I condemn you. You see, we've got to understand, sometimes people get the wrong idea of of the purpose of God. It's not to condemn, because he took the condemnation upon himself. He didn't come to condemn us, he came to actually rescue us from our own sin and condemnation. For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more... Having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? We've got a little illustration to show you, which I'm going to show you, we're going to show you in a moment. Basically, how he, he won by seeming to lose. How he did what was necessary to destroy sin, without destroying those who were the hosts of sin. See, we were entangled in sin. Just think about it again. Uh, We were entangled in sin. Think about the illustration. Sin was holding us. We were embracing sin. We were unwilling and unable to come to Jesus. There was no way that God could eliminate sin without eliminating us. He couldn't get a clean shot at sin. So Jesus laid down his gun, if you like, his life, and drew the sin upon himself. Sin left us to attack him. This is what happened at the cross. This is why I wanted you to have some understanding and explanation yeah, it's not a deep theological thing. It's simply understanding what God has done. He drew sin upon himself. Sin left us to attack him. And Jesus took the sin to the grave. <laughs> but in his resurrection, Jesus triumphed over sin and has now reconciled us. Thank you, and Jacob, and Elliot, and Oliver. You see. I can be focused on writing the wrongs in the world, but if I'm not in right relationship with my brother or my sister or my wife or even the boss at work, because my heart is not in the right place. See, the writing of the wrong in my heart costs no less than the life. Of the son of god let me say that again the writing of the wrong in my heart see we tend to think and people tend to say well i've been good and i've i've never robbed anybody and i've i've not even broken the speed limit i mean you, you hear also but that's not the point see the sin in our heart that basic sinful nature is what needed to be dealt with writing the wrong in my heart cost no less than the life of the son of god we don't want our sin to be highlighted because we know it can't be sorted out and we put a lot of energy into hiding our our ugliness the darker side put up a good show a good front i don't want people to see what we're really like I was seeing a little uh, interview thing I think it was on it was on the I think it was on the television the other day and it was this parenting guru um, sort of like a confession thing and she'd been somewhere uh, with her family I mean she's an expert on how to look after bring up children things like that and uh, she was in the supermarket, she had a friend with her and the kids were kicking off. And uh, she's quite well known. And uh, her friend said, well, let's pretend, uh, you know, it's very awkward for you. Let's pretend right now that they're my kids. And she said, you know what I did? I let her do it. So keen to cover up, uh, which is a whole world of different from getting resolved. You see, Jesus didn't just come to point out our sin. He came to sort it out. He came to resolve. This thing that separates us from the life that God intends for us, this thing that separates us from the very presence of God, he came to deal with that. He didn't sort it out by throwing some solution at it or sending some representative contractor to deal with it but taking it upon himself for he so loved us he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son basically himself that whoever believes in him that means commits to him i'll come to that in a minute shouldn't perish but should have what he always intended this special life. He's reconciled me with God. You know, when you really get that, it's not about trying to be good and live a good life. It's something that is fundamentally different from within. He's reconciled me with God. How can I not be moved by that? How can I not rejoice? He so loved me that he was prepared to do this. Here's the thing I really want you to get. It's possible to believe in the resurrection and it not affect your life. Let me give you an example. Do you believe that a man walked on the moon but does it did it change your life of course not see it's possible to believe something but it doesn't change your life that's the difference we want to come to you think even right there in the midst of it the soldiers knew that Jesus had risen from the dead they'd seen the angel they'd seen the stone rolled away they were the ones that were there guarding the tomb But they accepted a bribery from those who didn't want it to be known. I mean, they they saw it, but it didn't make sufficient difference. So they accepted bribery in order to say, well, his disciples came and stole the body. But there were those who met the risen Christ who were fundamentally transformed those of you who know the story of Mary filled with joy and terror everything she once thought her world was built on suddenly crumbled everything that used to matter now doesn't everything you'd never considered before suddenly means the world to you what a transformation I saw a clip a little while ago of somebody describing when their first child was born, they were there at the birth. It's very interesting, they said, you know, all the things that seemed important, everything that seemed to matter at that moment in time, seemed to fade away. How much more when we come into this situation? Look at those guys, those disciples, after the death of Jesus on the road to Emmaus trudging along dispirited everything they'd looked for everything they'd hoped for everything they'd expected had ended in defeat and then jesus and they didn't even recognize drew with them and sat down and ate with them and the bible says their hearts burned within them now we're not talking about a head knowledge we're not talking about a mental belief we're talking about something that is transforming life transforming think about peter living with the shame and guilt but was forgiven and restored having denied his christ having said he wouldn't do it and yet when he was restored and commissioned became a powerful follower of jesus the apostles lived their lives to tell this story And actually, most of them died to tell it as well. Do you want to really meet the risen risen Christ? In some cases, again, that experience that you once knew somehow has got lost, has got buried. This day we celebrate, particularly the resurrection. Not just a historical fact, but a living experience. I'm not talking about just believing the things that happen. I'm talking about experiencing the benefit of that. I'm talking about something that has a daily constant impact. So how do you embrace the Resurrection? A choice to believe, that's a decision. See the Bible says, and this is is quite key, He wants to deal with the things that are there that stop us coming to God. See, coming into Jerusalem, do you remember, historically it was like the week before, we call it Palm Sunday now. See, there was an expectation that people would come, that Jesus would come or some king or conqueror would come and would actually get rid of the Romans, would actually deal with the problems that were there right there in the world. See, Jesus didn't come as was expected, to do the things that they thought he came to actually change us on the inside so that we could come into relationship with God. Interesting that, you know, a conquering king, this is when he first showed who he was, where he showed that you actually basically had to receive him or kill him. Conquering, he he came out into the open. Conquering king, somebody victorious in battle would come traditionally riding in on on a big stallion or something like that, very, he came riding in on a donkey. See right there, he was showing something very different. He wants us And he says this way, and this is where I'm leading up to the key thing that we have to do. He tells us that we have to receive him as Saviour and Lord. If I knocked at your door, you couldn't say, oh, uh, John, come in, but leave Singleton outside. You can't separate those things. It's a wrong understanding. You can't have Savior and not Lord. And that's why it's key that we understand how we come into the impact, the reality of the experience of being born again. We choose. See, the Bible tells us in Philippines chapter 2 that because Jesus was obedient unto death, God had decided that he would make him Lord over all. That means everybody. So what do we do? Logically, naturally, it is not possible to believe in this story. But we can submit by saying, I choose to believe. I choose to believe Lord, Lord, I submit to you, will you help me, enable me, do that miracle which takes me beyond natural ability into the supernatural realm of being born again. It's as we choose to believe, we're looking then to God. We're dependent on God. To enable us to actually believe and to base our life on the fact that he rose again and he is Lord and he's my Lord and the rest of my life is submitted to him Bible talks about it like being born again it's a miracle this is not about an ability to believe something this is about God doing something so we've talked about what's achieved we have talked about what God did through Jesus but the experience of it only comes as we submit to him this is how you embrace the resurrection a choice to believe a commitment to make him Lord it affects our life by the power of the Holy Spirit yeah it wasn't what they wanted all the things and in their case getting rid of the Romans It was something far beyond that see the enemy will always try to distract us to look at things outside and beyond but Jesus came for you before you were conceived he knew about you his love has always been for you towards you longing for you let me say again if you need to come again into the reality of this. This is a good moment to say, Lord, I want again to put my trust in you. And if you've never really taken that step, you may have heard the story, you may have known, but if you take this step now and say, I choose to submit to you, I choose to believe, help me you can also experience what Christ intended and what God intended when he raised him from the dead this is the miracle of salvation let me just read you this story it's from Ephesians 2 as for you you were dead in transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient all of us who lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts like the rest we were by nature deserving of wrath but because of his great love for us God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ Nothing we could do to get us to that point other than submit to his lordship. By faith, not of ourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, so that no one can boast. For we're God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus, to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us. Why not make that commitment? We'll use this song, Mark's gonna come and lead us. This song, this is the Holy One. This is God's only Son. This is the King of Kings. It's a song, a song of submission, a song of recognition. It's a great moment when you can say, look, I don't wanna live on the edge. I want to live in the reality of what God has prepared for me